everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Wednesday. Well, we are delighted. We've never read any uh, of Karen Lee Boren's books, but uh, we've just read her latest book, Secret Waltz. It came out, I think, at the end of June. And Lauren, Karen, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Do you like how I did Karen and I called you Lauren? I combined Karen and Boren and gave you a new name with your middle name. <laughs> and Lee. <laughs> We're very- we're good at that around We're good here. At that. Okay, so if you could give people the setup of Secret Waltz, because it's such a perfectly timed novel, especially when it came out, you know, with what happened with Roe v. Wade, the novel is set in 1960, but you could give everyone a setup of your uh, really fantastic book. Uh, sure, absolutely. Well, it's told in three primary voices. Um, Sonia? Uh, who is 17. Uh, She has aspirations to be a botanist. And as you said, it's 1966. And she's got the first science scholarship ever given to uh, a girl to one of the major universities. And she also is pregnant, which, of course, in 1966 would have meant that she would have had to give that scholarship up. Um, And Leo, who is 15, he's an aspiring musician, and we meet him as he sees his father acting badly and is trying to decide whether to keep his father's secret or to tell. Um, and his friend, uh, Amelia and Leo are friends, um, but they don't know Sonia at the beginning of the book, although quickly their lives become really intertwined. Um, we meet Amelia on her 15th birthday when the aunts who have raised her um, since she was a baby and her mother died uh, let her in and reveal a family secret that they then tell her she can't tell. Um, so then the, the the book is really how these characters who all have a secret and they're all trying to discover um, a secret, sort of how their lives become intertwined and what the effects of those secrets are and um, mayhem ensues. Yeah, it, it really does. And I think, you know, Really at its heart, you know, your book, Secret Waltz, is a story, you know, it is, of course, of secrets, but it's family and friendships and the coming of age, you know, that important time period of 15, 16, 17. I mean, you write really poignantly in the voices of these three characters. I mean, it's so, it's just so brilliant. Well, thank you so much. It's These characters just came to life for me and... You know, they originally, when I started writing the book, they were in their 30s, and it was a book that was in the 80s. Mm. But their their uh, their young story was just so loud in my head that I just had to go back and write that one. Yeah. Erin, how far were you down the path, yeah. though, when they were going to be in their 30s in the writing process? I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty far down. Wow. <laughs> I was pretty far down, but somehow something wasn't right. Something just wasn't uh, working. Um, and so when I went back to really look at the book sort of structurally, um, I realized that it was because what happened when they were kids just was not resolved. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to go back and figure out what actually happened uh, to them. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I I really we don't get to read very many books where you the the main characters are, you know, like teenagers. teenagers. And from yep. that perspective, and it's just such a you know, uh, giddy, wonderful, and uh, scary time, but there's so much that you're learning about. Like, I like the theme of, you know, 
you explore in Secret Waltz. What does it mean to be a good girl or be defined as a bad girl? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and then the, the, the just shocking thing, you know, like there is no birth control pill that you can get. There are no abortions. There's mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, that is was just like devastatingly timed with the publication of this book. I know you didn't plan it that way, but. Well, no, I didn't. But I will say that um, I was taking some books to uh, a bookstore to do um, my the initial launch. And that as I was driving was when I heard about the Roe v. Wade decision. And it just seemed um, frighteningly timely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but But I did always kind of write the book with the idea that it would be a glimpse back into what could be our frightening possible future. I had no idea that it would be so timely and that it would be our, our current yeah. state for a lot of young right. folks right now, I especially mean, young folks. I yeah. think older folks who, you know, have some choices, have some opportunities to, to, you know, move from one place to another. They might not be quite as affected as someone who is, yeah. you know, it, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, that's for sure. It really, and we know that a, a percentage of the proceeds of Secret Walls, if you're just joining us, a novel, which is, a, it's 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 beautifully written. You're such a great writer, and we're so excited that we are introduced to Karen Lee Boren, mm-hmm. or Colleen, as Larry Godger, <laughs> whatever your other name <laughs> is. Lauren, like, yes. Lauren, you know, and, and you are out of Rhode Island. You grew up in Milwaukee. You teach at Rhode Island um, College, I believe, and... Um, it's, you know, you worked with a new um, publisher here in the Twin Cities that's five years old that actually um, flexible press and they're dedicated to supporting actors, communities and mission different nonprofits through stories and how a percentage of the sales of this book will go to Planned Parenthood. I am um, not like Lori. We have on like an author or two a week, Karen, and I'm I'm not as fast of a reader as Lori. And I'm about halfway through your book, but it just resonated those thoughts of how when you're young and you're not informed and you follow, you know, you're just the lust takes over and what yeah, what happens yeah. and you believe everything's going to be okay, but wait, it isn't. And how desperate you feel as a child with a secret. I It just, it's so, it's such a beautiful book. It's so poignant. Oh, I think. I'm so glad that you like, that you like the, the writing itself because, um, you know, that that means a lot to me, and I spend a lot of time thinking about writing and teaching writing to uh, to young, aspiring writers. Um, and so it's good to, you know, yeah. <laughs> I and that I can do it as well. I know. And yeah. the other thing that, you know, that's a piece of it is with Leo's character. You know, his father is a, you know, a, a polka, fame, pretty well-known polka. <laughs> uh, you know, he's the accordion Brilliant. player yes. in Minnesota, Wisconsin. This is a, you know, polkas are us yep. around here. And... But it, right at that time, you know, the Vietnam War is heating up. Different music is coming out. I mean, you also, uh, you know, write about the impact of music and how everybody is feeling. Yeah, music is was so important at that time. Music is never not important, mm-hmm. but it was such an interesting time. I think a lot of people don't realize the economic power that the ethnic music like polka had at that point, it was making more money than rock and roll in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and by the 60s is when that sort of was shifting. And so that seems like, you know, such an important moment. And it was such a marker for, you know, generational conflict 
particularly, I think, between fathers and sons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe more so than mother, mothers and daughters. Um, but it seemed to just be the flashpoint for so many fathers and sons. So um, it seemed a good place to sort of locate that um, that uh, that conflict. And then, of course, I get to write about polkas, which is you know, right. Great. I know if you're a Milwaukee girl, I mean, you know, polkas are polkas are us. It's it was. I do remember my grandparents always having like oh. the Shimaleski brothers hour on television. Kind of that was a thing. Yeah, Fritz the Plumber on the local radio station. My dad was a uh, polka musician. Um, okay. Oh, really? Uh, uh, yeah. And so, you know, we, my family, we kind of grew up uh, in that world a bit. And um, the recording studio that is in the book is, uh, it's Silo Records in the book, but it's based on an actual recording studio uh, in Wisconsin, sort of in the middle of uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's Minton, um, called Kuka Records. Um, and a lot of musicians did come up from Chicago and from uh, uh, other uh, areas because they would uh, record and press the records and you could drive away with it. And so you could, if you had a record contract with, you know, some other record company, you didn't have to give them this music. You could take this music with you. Um, And so there were a lot of black musicians who came to very white middle Wisconsin um, to record at that studio. That's oh, so that's, cool that yeah, that's a true part of the story because I was just like, wow, this place sounds amazing. Silo record, or you know, the I know it, it is amazing, and I owe that to um, uh, Sarah uh, Fitzen, who did a fantastic master's thesis about Kuka Records um, uh, from the University of Wisconsin Madison in their musicology department. That's cool. That's, that is, our- and then the other the other thing you know that's a piece of the story is you know the practice of uh, lobotomies. Oh, uh, that, honest to Pete. That, that that was so you know really was it the prevalence in the fifties and sixties or uh, you must have done. Yeah, there was a very very short period it where was. it was just massively practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just uh, an amazing a amount Kennedy of child, really you know. just a very low point in the psychological world's history, um, which I think they have recognized. But there were a lot of people who were, you know, this was before pharmacology, really, and people were desperate to try and help their loved ones, and it just was not, uh, I don't know, it it was a bad bad practice. Yeah, uh, oh, 100%. Crazily done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The book is The Secret Walls. Um, The author is Karen Lee. Secret Walls. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're right. Yeah, Secret, Secret Walls. <laughs> Karen Lee Bourne. Karen, we have to ask you, what's the last great book that you read? Well, I have been actually writing about a book called Heads of the Colored People uh, by uh, Nafisa Thompson Spires, and it's a wonderful, amazing collection of short fiction, um, and the title story is uh, is just uh, one of the most interestingly structured stories that I've uh, that I've ever read, and so I've been uh, reading that a lot to to write about it. But I'm also currently I haven't finished this, so I can't tell you, you know, how how mm-hmm. it is. It's a book called uh, The Dancer, which is sort of based on the life of Rudolf uh, Nureyev, mm-hmm. the dancer. Yes. Yeah, and so uh, those are some really great books that I'm reading right now. Well, your book, Secret Waltz, is the last great book that we've read, and we want to thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so thank much, you, Karen. And it was so nice to oh, meet you. Such a pleasure. And really, I want to thank you guys for being such voracious readers and for talking about books. It's so important. 
Thank oh, you. Thank you. We 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 love doing that was it. That for you, Lori. And yeah. Half, half no, for me. no, no. But it is <laughs> Julia books the books. I Karen, book the books, Karen, and I read it, so it all works out. You <laughs> <laughs> have a lot of faith in her. Right. Oh, I know. Oh, Karen, thank you so much. It's just been a pleasure. Okay, thank great. You. And we've got a couple copies to give away. Give Josh a call six five one six four one one zero seven one. Secret Waltz is the name of the book. We'll be right back.